0: Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports-related, please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Outside the Sheds. Yes, you've joined again, family. We're back together. Outside the Sheds. I am your host, your, your, how should I say, off-seasoned Shed Adamus, bringing you to another week of the fun, exhilaration, off-season of the games that we love. Rugby league and Aussie rules football. But, but as America gets ready to burn for reasons I don't even get into, we can talk about pleasantries, and that is yesterday, we still get to relive and to see the youth of the world, not just in our countries, but in the world, take a step forward in their lives to their dreams, and I think Right now, when so many things are chaotic, everyone thinks that everyone's against one another and we forget that we're all just human beings, one thing that we can always remember is we can remember when we were young. Not bitter and old, not senile, not just angry to be angry, but we remember when we had hope. And we remember when we thought that we had the ability and the chance to follow and live out something that we'd hoped to do our entire lives. Now... Some of us know that we may not have accomplished that. But we all want to leave our niche in this world. No matter who you are. No matter what you believe in. We all want to leave our niche. Me, I try to leave a niche where I try to look out for one another. I know that's a crazy concept. But I try not to, uh, how should I say, cast stones. Trust me, my arm's good enough. If I want to hit you with the stone, I could. But I try not to cast stones at people. I try to... Better people There's Wait a second, let's think about this Better people hmm. I'm going to have to think about that and work on that a little bit um, I go into that little diatribe In the beginning to start the show Because to start off our forty twenty This week I'm starting off with the AFL draft That's right, Aussie Rules Football fan, I know you go Shed Adamas, besides you picking Over 60% of the games in the finals Talk about us And I told you, and I made a promise to you, that the game is very much a part of my heart. And even though I've been very much leaning towards the rugby league side um, with State of Origin, with the finals, we definitely got into it when we were talking about the AFL finals and how exciting those were. And again, congratulations to the yellow and black of the Richmond Tigers for their victory. But we're past that point now. We've had some some trades that have gone down. We've had some clubs look like they have no idea what they were trying to do, what their future was, and what their plan was for changing their future. We've had coaches up and resign, and clubs look like they were in disarray. But all of that is forgotten. And I think any club, no matter if it's NRL, Super League, AFL, If you're a professional sports club, draft day is the day, it's almost like your New Year's resolution. Like, today, doggone it, I'm going to stop eating sugar. And that's my New Year's resolution. Now, you know that's probably going to stop at 12.01 January 2nd, but by God, you were strong on that first day. Even though you probably chased through the 15 mimosas and maybe a lager. But, you know, you didn't eat sugar, even though uh, alcohol has sugar in it. But we're not talking about it this way. You didn't eat 12 Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and I'm proud of you. But what I'm saying is draft day, no matter what sport it is, is hope. It's your future. And it's really seeing young men and young women light up because you show that they that you want them. And you have now pinned your franchise's hope on this gun to hopefully maybe get you to the promised land, to lift those trophies, to lift those flags, to raise those flags, excuse me, I guess you can lift them too, but... So yesterday was the draft. And a club that I told you about in, in, in the finals last, I was gonna say last year, a couple months ago, the Western Bulldogs had the first choice. And they went out and they finally nailed down, matching an offer that Adelaide came in late to try to get him. But they got Jamara Oogley-Hagan as their number one draft choice. And watching how the dogs have been coming around and setting up their team and getting in late last season to make the Final Eight, to to go and, and make a run and and really to to go toe to toe with a with a Saint Kilda team that they were really I would say evenly matched up with. Um, and I think the dogs had a chance to win that that match um when it came down to it and they really made a push late. But I really think the Western Bulldogs had an, a a good dr- a, you know a really 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 good draft on day 1. But I think that the signing of Jamara is really going to be a big, big step forward for them. I'm not going to say that the Dogs are going to be a top four side next year, but I guess the Dogs have proven you don't have to be a, a top four side to win the flag. And I think they're going to be right there again. I would not be surprised to see the Western Bulldogs finish fifth or sixth next year. And I, I just think that that the, the club has a lot of heart. I think they've done it the right way. They brought in some good some good pieces, Adam Trellor, um, some good pieces that I think that are going to help shore them up going forward. And I if I if I, if you're a Bulldogs fan, I would be very very excited about your future, not just next season, but the next 5 to 6 years. And I think that it's it's only going to get better. So that was a great draft choice for them. I'm not saying it's the draft choice that every club would have made, but who cares about every club? You draft to make your team strong. You draft to add pieces and components to make your club a well-oiled machine, and that is what the Western Bulldogs did because of the other pieces they did besides the draft. We're going to get into the draft a little bit more uh, next week because I think... The draft will be complete next week and we'll be able to go into some of these off-season moves that we've watched, um, moves that have included coaching, but also to see possibly what some of these moves may mean to clubs. And I think that's going to be fun to see. And that's what I've been waiting for. I've been kind of hinting the last three weeks that we're going to hit this and really tackle it. Um, But I think now with the draft being done, and being in place after today, I guess, yeah, today, I guess it will end. Um, we're really gonna have the numbers. We're really gonna have it. Uh, it looks like most clubs had a very good day one where the teams drafted components and pieces that they really, really needed. And to me, you know, a, a C plus draft for Collingwood might be an A plus draft for Adelaide because it just depends what pieces you get, or even, you know, the Suns. So, um, that's going to be exciting, that's going to be fun, and, and it's something I'm looking forward to doing with you with you, Shedheads. But the other thing that happened yesterday in the draft that I thought was really cool was the Tigers drafted Daniel Rioli's cousin, Maria, Maurice Rioli Jr., and Maurice's father was a Tiger as well. So one of the things that you really notice and you, you continue to track and follow with the yellow and black is they try to keep families, pieces in the barns, in the sheds, because they know what that means, what that club means, what putting on that Guernsey means. And even though uh, Rioli Jr. is probably not going to be in the starting side for a year or two, he gets to train alongside his, his cousin. And I don't think a lot of people who are not indigenous don't know what family really means about having somebody in your club or somebody that you can relate with and how that really helps spur on uh, drive belief, heart and merit of what you can do and what you can accomplish so that is going to be a big move I think in the near future and I think you know watching how how much Richmond embraces the indigenous community um, with the dreamtime match and with having their indigenous players and their families design their guernseys for that, I think it's a perfect landing spot for him, and I think it will help him excel um, even more going forward. So that was just a couple little tidbits I wanted to hit with. You know, you always have to talk about the number one draft choice. But, you know, watching a Rioli, and we know that's a a, a, a very much a name that the game knows. Uh, but to see to see Maurice get drafted by by Richmond is really cool to see. So there was a little AFL talk to to start off our forty twenty this week on outside the shed. Well, I also was talking to you last week and two weeks before that. For the last couple of weeks, with the Super League season ending in England in the UK, we've seen some moves happening, coaches being brought in, and 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 how things were laying out and. And how some players that a lot of people thought um, Jackson Hastings um, not coming back to the NRL but staying over there and signing another extension with Wigan just kind of shows you I think how much maybe Super League is trending upward by getting some players that maybe just didn't get their footing the way they needed to in the NRL but are finding some really good places and good fits for them overseas in the Super League game. But that is going to continue because I told you that Hull offered a 700,000 pound contract to Benji Marshall to come over there, Hull FC, to play and to be their 5'8 their or halfback. And and I also told you that it was going to be very, very difficult for Benji to leave Sydney because he has a lot of things in places. His partner uh, is, is secure in her, her job. He just had Fox, his son, uh, within the last year and a half, two years. So his family is very much set and stable in Sydney. And, and then let's talk about Benji's you know post-football career in the standpoint that Benji, Benji has the face and he's got the chops to be in the media. And it looks like he's already really, in how should I say, he's entrenched himself in the Fox News at aspect of of you know Fox Footy Channel down there. So I think it's very tough for him to to kind of step aside to go overseas and then to hope that job is going to be there. I'm saying I think a lot of these guys think of it as like getting injured and then hopefully just going to get your position back because you don't know who's going to kind of try to come in there and fill in while you're gone. And I think Benju doesn't want to take that that chance, and that's why I think he kicked back the, the North Queensland job that he was allegedly offered by Todd Payton, uh, and I think it's why he's not going to go overseas. I'm saying if you think about that, that's almost that's close to a million dollars a year. I think Australian dollars with seven hundred thousand pounds. So that's a great gig. I'm saying that's an he would have been the number one paid player. In Super League, if Benji would have accepted that contract at the age of 35. So that was, for one, made Benji feel good. But two, it also, on the other hand, did not help Hull in their halves. Well, it looks like that just changed. Because Josh Reynolds is going to leave the West Tigers. And he's accepted, a it looks like, a 300,000 pound offer to... Come over, excuse me, it's a 500,000 pound offer to come over to play for Hull FC. Now, let's think about the shifting landscape of what these moves are meaning. That means the Tigers now have freed up 800,000 pounds of spending money. And if you look at it, you have Luke Brooks as your halfback. But really, there are some unproven players. I know Billy Walters is there, but Billy Walters is going to be coming off a knee injury. So we don't we know that Billy Walters is probably not going to start the season, even if he is your quote-unquote possible 5'8th for the rest of the season. So what do you do? Well, I told you also last week that Gareth Wittip is leaving the Warrington Wolves. And has really been pushing to find a footing to get back over in the NRL. which I think that's so crazy because Gareth Widdup, out of good faith, got himself out of his contract with St. George to go back over to England to be closer to family. But now he's coming back to Australia and he's already in Sydney as we speak. Well, he's in Sydney, but he's still in quarantine. But he's back in Sydney because his daughter's there. And he wants to be close to his daughter. Now let's think about this for a second. Let's start adding some pieces together, and, and let's 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 play a little Tetris. I hope you guys know what Tetris is. That was a great game. I, I remember that game might have almost cost me maybe a, a grade point uh, back in college. But let's not talk about my academia career right now. Um, but let's go back to the West Tigers because with the opening of eight hundred thousand dollars, Gareth Whitup has agreed, accepted, and put out in the media that he is willing to take a half-pay cut to sign on with a team in the NRL. And he is willing to sign for 300,000 pounds. Excuse me, $300,000. I keep getting dollars and pounds. See, this don't cross streams. Don't cross streams. But that is way within the strikeout ability for the Tigers to sign a halfback 58 with the pedigree of a hungry gareth whittup and as long as gareth whittup shoulder holds up he is a steal and if he plays alongside luke brooks i i think that the, the you know the tigers have made some some all right moves in the off season. Some of them I don't know how they pulled it off. And with them now throwing a big-time contract towards David Nafaluma, if they could sign, if they could get David Nafaluma signed for a three or four-year deal before the season or even before Christmas, that could really, really, really catapult them into coming into the 2021 season with a lot of hope and a lot of belief. I'm saying you've got to have no different than in the NFL. To my American listeners, having a good halves pairing is like having a a marquee stud quarterback, and you've got to have that for you to really challenge in rugby league. And it's it's just huge. And to get a Gareth Whitting for three hundred thousand dollars, man, I don't know how that isn't already signed personally myself. So big movements there uh and possible another big move coming inward for the, for the tigers and and who knows definitely be watching because i think we're going to hear something we'll probably have some some word back by next week's episode of outside the sheds uh what david nafaluma's reaction if he does sign and and what what happens going forward with his negotiations with the tigers because they can't lose david nafaluma they cannot lose david nafaluma on um, some more moves, and we're you know it's really good talking Super League because we're going to talk about another player crossing some uh, a little bit of water going from Australia to the UK because Jack Cogger, and we've talked uh, again that the, the the Bulldogs Canterbury has really been trying to nail down. Um, A halves pairing, because we don't know if if Matt Burton's going to be able to be there for the 2021 season. And if Matt Burton isn't going to be there, there's talk that Benji Marshall might sign there for a year. Um, We just don't know what is going to happen with the halves pairings there. We do know um, that Flanagan is is there. Shane Flanagan's son has left the Roosters, and and for sure he's going to be one of the halves. But now that Jack Cogger has decided... And accepted a two-year deal to sign on with Ian Watson's Huddersfield Giants. That is a that's a pretty darn good mood for Huddersfield. If I if you're a Huddersfield Giants fan, you've got to feel this has been a damn good two weeks for you. First off, you get a marquee coach in, in a hungry Ian Watson. And we've seen what Ian Watson has done with with some talent that is nowhere close to the St. Helens and, and Wiggins and even, you could say, Catalans um, recently with Salford. But the thing that Ian Watson gets a team to do is play together. But I've always said that Ian Watson has been a great halves pairing away. Yes, he had Jackson Hastings, and you saw what he did when he got a great Halfback 5'8", and Jackson Hastings there, you know he had Robert Louie there for a while, um, and he you know he left to go to Leeds and and, and brought back Tui uh, Tua, Tua, uh but still to have Aiden Caesar and Jack Cogger to go through preseason with and to get these guys ready to be your halves for Huddersfield, I you know I I think the Giants are. Definitely trending upward. And I would be ecstatic if I was a Hudderfield Giants fan right now. But that's big news. Jack Cogger. for one, it starts to shore up and to show Canterbury fans exactly what their future is going to look like a little bit more by pieces being moved and pieces coming in. And it's a big thing. And congratulations to Ian Watson getting another uh, great player to be in there. And, and I'm telling you, Aiden Caesar, he is a Fun, fun back to watch. Um, so, you know, I'm happy for him that he's going to have a good a good partner uh, in the Habs with him. Well, I don't know about you, Shedheads, but I love players that have a little bit of a moxie to them, that have a little bit of love for the game, that love to embrace their status, but don't have a problem smiling. Don't have a problems. how should I say, uh, giving somebody the business, but also being able to laugh at himself. And I don't think we have a better player in the NRL right now at this than we do with the hectic cheese, Brandon Smith, aka the Wombat, down with your Premier's, the Melbourne Storm. Well, it's come out that in negotiations that Cameron Smith has told the Melbourne Storm that he is he is going to be living in Queensland now for good so that pretty much puts a finalization in the fact that Cameron Smith is not going to be the hooker and and put on the number 9 jersey for the Melbourne Storm again and that's going to be tough because Storm fans you know that you're probably losing an immortal player you're losing your captain and that's gonna to be tough to recover from. It just is going to be very, very tough for you to bounce back from and to quote unquote, you know, flip that switch. And and I don't know truthfully if the Melbourne Storm know what they're gonna look like. They've got incredible pieces. But with the movement of 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 Cameron Smith saying that he is gone, that means that Harry Grant one of your up-and-coming players, the guy that broke the Tigers' heart, that that he said for sure he's going back to Melbourne after the, the loan deal, that means Harry Grant is going to be your nine next year for Melbourne. And I don't think you could be really upset about that if you're a Storm fan. Yes, you're losing a, a future immortal, but you've got to be happy about your future of having a Harry Grant, Cameron Munster, and... And for at least one more season, Jerome Hughes' spine with Ryan Pappenhausen in fullback. So that means training upwards for future. And, and you just have to see if, if, if you can keep Jerome Hughes or if, if, if Riley Jax is going to step in there. You don't know. But I would feel pretty, pretty positive if I'm a Storm fan. But that means that the odd man out is the hectic cheese. Brandon Smith and they're saying they're already shopping him hard and they would be willing to let the Hectic Cheese sign on for 2021 with another club if they can get compensation of equal player value. Now, the the problem with this for the Storm is teams are smart enough to know you don't want to have to pay Harry Grant and brandon smith so clubs that are going to negotiate with melbourne are going to try to lowball them that's you know that's what you would do in a situation like this you want to get rid of this this player or help this player move on you want to save money but at the same time you want another player to come back that's going to give you you know an equal quote-unquote compensation why would I give you a great, great player when I know you really have to move this guy anyway and know that I can probably sign him after 2022 or after this season? So it's, it just depends on how desperate other clubs are and how they're going to play this. We already know the front runners for his services are the Gold Coast Titans, the Manly sea Eagles, Canterbury Bulldogs, and the West Tigers. Now the Tigers have said that they are not quote unquote hedging to look for a a hooker, a scrum half. But I I don't know. I, I just get that feeling, Justin Holbrook, if he gets for sure word. The Cameron Smith is not going to try to play for the Gold Coast Titans for a season. I am just getting a sneaking suspicion that Justin Holbrook and the Gold Coast Titans are the leaders going into the clubhouse for this deal. Now, I know Manley and Desi Hasler would love to have the hectic cheese as their nine. That's Some people would say that is when they when they lost Abby Curacao to Penrith, that that was their downfall this season for Manly, and why it looked like Manly took a, a gigantic step backwards, even though I know Turbo, uh, Tom Javoyevich Tom Tom got injured, but but still, Abby Curacao playing out of the dummy half role was so important, so important for them, that losing that really set them back. So I know that Manly would really love to see that. But the problem with Manley is they've gotta see money wise what they have because you're not gonna get Brandon Smith cheap. You're gonna to have to pay something. And and then you look at the dogs, you know, I, I have no idea. Really, how much money they're trying to throw at Matt, you know, you've got the Burton situation. And there's still some other pieces and components. You know, Josh Adokar looks like that he's heading towards uh, Belmore. So, I I don't know. But I I think your two front runners are easily the Titans and the Sea Eagles. Um, But then we go back and talk about the Tigers. You know, losing, you know, that $800,000 that you're getting back... And if you can get Gareth Whitta for 300000 you know, I don't know what the Hectic Cheese is asking for, but if you could actually, I don't know, get him for 400000 if you're willing to pay that or you really see him being a future, you know, dummy half going forward, you have to look at that. But I just, I don't know, I just get that sneaking suspicion that this is a Holbrook and Desi race to the finish when it comes down to it. So it'll be exciting, but one thing we can guarantee... That this entire process will have a a great deal of fun when it deals with the hectic cheese and the way that he's going to uh, embrace it and and definitely check out his Instagram page because Brandon Smith is man he is he is one to behold you just don't know what you're going to get from him but it's usually always going to put a smile on your face so let's we'll keep you informed on uh, those coming developments and and you know I don't think we're going to have anything right away. But I definitely think that that uh, teams are really angling. And I think the teams that really want to be successful this year are trying to get their pieces in before Christmas so guys have a little bit of time with each other. So after the Christmas break, when when all clubs are at 100% going forward, um, that you have everybody inside the shed, that you want to try to go win you a championship in 2021. And last but not least in our 40-20 is word has come down that it looks like our season is going to kick off. And a lot of people think the kicking off of of the NRL season is the NRL All-Stars game. But it was announced that the NRL All-Stars game is going to take place in Townsville. And with it looking like that COVID restrictions are going to be released. Boy, I wonder what that's like. But anyway, the COVID restrictions are going to be, um, how should I say, lightened? or removed completely, it's looking like we're going to have a sellout of 25,000 people in Townsville for the NRL All-Stars game. And I don't know if you guys have watched that match the last couple of years, but after they've changed the the setup of it being the Indigenous All-Stars of Australia against the Maori All-Stars of New Zealand, it has been a game. And and I can't stress that enough. Um, the passion, um, watching both teams do their version of of the war dance, the haka from from the the Maori and and the in the indigenous war dance from the Aussies. Um, it's it's going to be a good good match, and and I can't wait to see how Townsville shows up for it, and the respect that's shown there for it. You know, because you know, don't forget, you know, one of the major faces is JT and uh, Jonathan Thurston will be all around this. Maddie Bowen, you know, there's some just incredible indigenous players that have played from the North Queensland Cowboys. And you know that they will be out in and in, in force to make sure that this game is, is just a straight up success going forward. So that's some really, really good news and really exciting news. Uh, and, and another thing that was reported, uh, Jonathan Thurston, there will not be um, any national anthem sung before the game. So, you know, we'll see how that goes, but that was total agreement that the, that the, the NRL uh, commission agreed that, you know, that was something that the players had asked for and that they are going to honor. So that is the end of our 40-20 this week. Um, so some big, big news, um, some possible movings, and I'm very excited going forward, Shed heads of, of what I, I really love off-seasons. Um, sometimes you get some boring days where you don't get a lot of movement, a lot of talk, a lot of story, but it's just, I think that, that buzz and that undercurrent, everybody feels going into it. (laughs) Wait a second. I started to laugh right there because I started thinking, this is what Cowboy fan, Dallas Cowboy fan thinks about every year. This is our year. We're really going to win it this year. I don't understand it, but again, but this is, this time period is every NRL, AFL club's time to be cowboy fan to think that we put the pieces in place to go forward to get ourselves a flag or a championship well we know truthfully that you know that's probably only 30 percent of the clubs but anyway we love the dream that's why we love the game so let's jump over to a little outside the bubble a little and some some really breaking news I you know we we've discussed on how two professional organizations over here in america or north america have done it the right way with how to handle COVID. And that is the NBA and their bubble they had in Florida and the NHL for the bubbles they had up in Toronto and in Edmonton. And I was really finding it very, very... I didn't know how the NHL was going to do this going forward. Because we've already seen that the the Toronto Raptors in the NBA are relocating to Tampa Bay for this NBA season, or at least for a while here, um, until we can see if we can start seeing COVID is, uh, you know, not just a cold in in America. But it's very very important to know that the the, the Raptors have to do this because they can't keep flying back and forth through the Canadian border. Canada has shut it down, and they know that America is. Uh, pretty much a walking, dripping COVID that I'm not allowing at our borders without two weeks of quarantine. So you can't quarantine every team. Quarantine a team for two weeks before they play their next match. Just can't do it. So I was wondering how the NHL was going to do this. We understand, and, and 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 let's be honest, hockey is Canada's game. There's no cricket. There's no rugby league. There's no Aussie rules football. I'm sorry there is rugby league the Toronto Wolfpack if they can get back on the field ever again but what I'm saying is Canada is hockey and hockey is Canada so you can't you can't have NHL teams relocating to America you just can't I'm saying it it is it is so wrong that'd be like saying that the NFL or Major League Baseball are going uh, to relocate to Madrid-Spain for the upcoming year. You just can't do it. So I was wondering, I'm like, what is the NHL going to do? You know, they it just, it just isn't going to work if they try to go with their current platform. Well, it, they're not. And again, the NBA, the NHL continue to lead from the front. And they say this is close to finalizing, Shedhead. So in the next couple of days, we'll find out because they're really aiming for a January 13th start for the NHL season. But it says that the NHL is close to a division realignment for this upcoming season. And this is what they're looking like the breakdowns are going to be. Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey... The New York Islanders, the New York Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington in one division, Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, Chicago, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville, and Tampa in another division, Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, Los Angeles, San Jose, St. Louis, and the Vegas Golden Knights in the third division. And then I think you guys can do your own mathematic equation to figure out that the other division is all of the Canadian teams, that that's who they will play. They'll only play their fellow Canadian brothers. Huh. Huh. So, brilliant, very, there's some thought there going about it. Makes sense. Um, Now, I know Americans are going to pick on Canadians saying, well, that's not going to be a big deal because, you know, when was the last time Canada played for a Stanley Cup or won a Stanley Cup? That would be 1993. But anyway, um, Les Habitants, Montreal Canadiens. But besides that, that is what the NHL is going to do. I think it makes sense. I think it gives you the best chance of of possibility of pulling this whole thing off. You know, I I don't know. There hasn't been talk that has been released outwardly that they're looking at doing anything bubble-wise. And I just find it so hard to do a bubble for a regular season. Uh, That's a lot to ask for players and their families. But I think that gives them a chance to be competitive and I give I think that gives them a chance to maybe pull this season off. So we'll have to see, we'll have to wait, we'll have to look at this um, and we'll know more information in the next coming weeks. Well we're gonna know a lot quicker than that. I have a feeling we'll have full layout by next by next Wednesday shedheads because they have to get into camp. These teams have to get into camp. We've already seen in the NBA the injury that happened to Clay Thompson for the Golden State Warriors, and a lot of people are still. Pointing to Clay panicking to get some some off season workouts in because he knew he wanted to be as fit as possible to go into a camp, and he ramped up his workouts quick and you know again his body just wasn't ready for that and and now you've lost Clay Thompson for the year for you know a, a torn Achilles so you got to be careful you've got to take time and these guys have to have as much. Pre-seasons, pre-seasons they possibly can have you know and that doesn't really even give the NHL boys a lot of time for preseason matches so that is what we're looking at right now for the upcoming 2021 NHL season because it looks like the numbers and the money-wise has been agreed upon and that you know because of the shortened season that's probably going to take place um that that is going to be approved by the um the, the 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 Players Association so we'll see, we'll see but exciting news if you're a, a, a frozen pond NHL fan which I am well after that good news we're going to transition to that club I just mentioned not too long ago that is the star up in Dallas the Dallas Cowboys and shed heads after another horrendous showing by the, well I guess we should call them America's team because just like America, The Dallas Cowboys are imploding and starting to eat themselves uh, right out of a place. And they have, after last night's bad showing, just ate themselves out of a Sunday night matchup on national television. That is right. The Dallas Cowboys, the America's team, or as we should maybe call them, America's brush fire, has been bumped from their primetime game of week 15 against the San Francisco 49ers, which we should probably now call them the Glendale 49ers, right? Because they're not even playing in San Francisco for the next uh, few weeks. But they've been bumped. And it's the first time since 2006 the Dallas Cowboys, America's brush fire, have been moved out of a prime time position. Now, if you talk to Cowboys fans and and I have a, a a buddy who is like a brother to me that lives and breathes all things Cowboys, and I always get into it, and I think I've talked to him talked to you about him before. Uh, and I've I've said this. I've said, Mark, how do you guys continue to support that club when they just can't seem to do things right? From not signing players when they need to, <clears throat> Dak Prescott, to, you know, Coming out and taking a quick knee and getting out with Jerry arm in arm with you, looking like he's getting ready to go to a dance off down at the old the old dance hall, that type of stuff. And yes, Jerry takes care of his players to an extent. He'll always say that if you're a Dallas Cowboy, your off-field endorsements are always going to be huge. Why do I have to pay you money out of my pocket? Why not? Why, you know why don't Why don't you just sign some off-field lucrative deals here? I'll help you try to set that up. Well, here's the thing that's always going to affect the Dallas Cowboys, and that is money. And them now being bumped from a 7 o'clock start out of prime time, endorsements, blah, 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 commercials, blah, 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 to a 1 o'clock kickoff against the Niners. Well, I don't know if that's going to make you look at yourselves a little bit harder, but after looking horrendous, against the Baltimore Ravens last night, losing 34-17. A Ravens club that was ravaged from COVID. A Ravens team whose starting quarterback still couldn't taste or smell anything and was just brought off the COVID protocol list the day before. A Ravens team that had a wide receiver in Dez Bryant, who, as everybody can remember, was a Dallas Cowboy, who was hugging everybody on the field, slapping fives and high fives and finding out 15 minutes before kickoff that he had he was COVID positive. This team took them behind the woodshed and gave them the hands. I love that term, gave them the hands. They gave them the hands. And a team that is not even challenging in the NFL least or should I say NFC Least Division? They are already two games behind the first placed New York Giants, Washington Football Team, who are, by the way, still both clubs five and seven. Let me say that again: five and seven. So those two clubs are two games below five hundred, and the Cowboys aren't even in the running with those guys. I don't know, Dallas Cowboy fan. Um, The American brush fire is not by any means looking like it's being put out. And unfortunately, it looks like it's starting to to ramp up and run rampant through dry brush. So um, we'll have to see. But I don't think one thing we're going to see is good football for the rest of the year from the Dallas Cowboys. This last story and the story that I'm going to end outside the bubble is really hurts it really hurts me shedheads. It is it's painful. I may have a little swelling under the eye from this. But you heard me talking about last week that that Evander Kane was talking about fighting Logan Paul YouTuber. And I was very much excited to see AKA YouTuber get the hands from Evander Kane News has come down and I this is going to pain for me to say this that it does not look like Evander Kane is going to get that shot at Logan Paul I guess we should take a breath take a moment here and cry together But wait a second wait a second wait a second is that Is that light in the tunnel? Oh, great lord of superpowers. Logan Paul has signed on to fight Floyd Mayweather Jr. That's right, professional boxer, mogul, promoter, Floyd Mayweather Jr. in a February quote-unquote exhibition fight. Let's get this straight. Logan Paul knocked out Nate Robinson, NBA player. Short NBA player. Flexing in the ring, showing off his little tattooed arms. Okay, they're not little, but his his tattooed arms. Feeling like he was, you know, the champ. Feeling like, you know, he was the baddest man in the jungle. But I said something, too. I said... Be careful wishing, be careful hoping, be careful angling for something that could do you some damage. And ladies and gentlemen, shed heads, boys and girls, fighting a professional boxer that has not ever lost, and let me say this again, Floyd Mayweather Jr. has never lost a fight. He is still... One of the fastest, if not the fastest, boxer, hands-wise, in the game. I know a lot of people are saying, will say, I'm out of my mind right now. But the man still is not lost. And he is going to fight a guy that he can carry. A guy that he can just beat up and then let him stay alive for a little bit. If you want to see... And I hate to say this word because I think it makes me a little queasy. An influencer. I don't know who the hell they're influencing, these media people, these Instagram and and Twitter hacks, YouTube hacks. And there are some people that are trying to do good things besides bikini shots and and naked chess pictures for dudes. Uh, But I am so excited to watch Floyd Mayweather Jr. do a boxing display and, and treat this guy like a soup can in uh, a punching bag. Uh, I just hope there is no lasting damage done. But I'm ready to see some damage done. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm ready to see a little damage done. Uh, let's keep the, the social influencers in their platforms. And let the athletes be the athletes. Um, so... That is my story to leave you guys with today is is Floyd Mayweather Jr. taking the ring again to fight a YouTube guy. But, Shedheads, I, I try not to get too serious with you guys. Um, it is still a very, very scary time. I know a lot of us are hoping that uh, this vaccine that is being talked about is what they say that it is. Um, I guess only time will tell. We'll see if if the country that I reside in can actually find out that there were still allegedly still one country. I find that hard to believe with the stuff that I'm seeing right now. But, um, you know, only time will tell. I've always, I said this and I've been saying this, of all the times I'm hoping aliens come down to put everybody in check, this would be the time. And I still have three weeks for 2020 to be, quote unquote, no no questions asked, the craziest year in the history of mankind. I have three weeks for green people. Well, truthfully, I don't know if they're green. Uh, but just for people that come into the atmosphere and live up to the expectation that the Israeli defense minister or whatever he was for Israel, who says that we have contacted aliens, uh, that hopefully they reach out on their 5G and say we're here but as I say all this the only thing I truthfully care about shed heads is that you guys stay safe out there that you guys make smart decisions that you guys are healthy well rested and ready to get back in the fight with me next week on next week episode of outside the sheds because to me just this hour or 45 minutes, or 30 minutes, or whatever time I get to spend with you guys. It means the world to me. I enjoy it. I love to talk. Send me messages. Talk to me. This is your this is your platform as well. I'm just your Shed Adamus. But until next week, like I always say, stay out of trouble, or don't get caught. But this is your Shed Adamus. This has been Outside the Sheds, and I'm Corey Jackson. Until next time, I'll see you next week. Peace! And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.